Morning Roman Sunday School class. Saturday right at noon. The kids are upstairs getting lunch right now with Elizabeth and I wanted to use the whiteboard once again. I couldn't stay away from using the whiteboard. I really wanted to get back to a teaching tool and instrument as we move forward with talking about this this specific topic in the scriptures. And so today we'll be covering Romans 15 verses 1 through 7. Rather quickly, I have five points. I'll just throw them right up on the board. I got the first two up. We'll read our text of scripture and then I'll kind of go back and forth between the board, my notes and the Bible, uh, drawing out this, the main points for this passage that I would have you remember, especially for this passage. And specifically, I'll just be restating what Paul states and maybe expounding on it just a little bit. So please pray with me. Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this tool. Thank you for this whiteboard. Thank you for uh, the resources that you've given to me. Help me to use uh, my, my resources and my family's resources for the betterment of our church. God, help me to be wise. I pray that you would give everyone who's going to listen to this wisdom and understanding as they read this section of scripture and then they apply it to their lives. Lord, we all need wisdom and I, I want us to be praying for wisdom often. Would you help us all to pray for wisdom often on our knees before you humbly and that you would give us understanding. Lord, help us to be gentle toward one another, loving. Thank you so much, Lord, for showing me afresh how important this passage of Scripture is, and even in this present context of COVID-19, how we are to be sensitive to our brothers and sisters in Christ during this time and to be pursuing unity, even as Pastor Chance is preaching through uh, the book of Philippians, which has many, many undertones and, and currents of the idea of unity in it. So God, please help us. Please help us as Community Bible Church and as a class to, to be more about your will and your truth and that we would do everything in accord with your truth. And that these principles, Lord, we, we ask that you would remove sin from our lives more so and that you would give us more wisdom into our lives so that we might communicate and live with each other in a better way that is pleasing to you. And that it is more in accord with Jesus Christ, more in accord with your truth. And that we would have unity and that we would be able to glorify God and give thanks to you and God together. Lord, thank you so much for loving us and giving us the ultimate example that you forgave us while we were still sinners, that you came and rescued us while we were still sinners. And that Lord, we are to take that model also to consider that truth and we're to forgive our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ and to live with them and to be jealously loving and caring for them. Amen. Okay, so Romans 15, 1 through 7, real quick, we'll read. Now we who are strong ought to bear the weaknesses of those without strength and not just please ourselves. Each of us is to please his neighbor, for his good, to his edification. For even Christ did not please himself. But as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through the perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. 
Now, may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with one another according to Christ Jesus, so that with one accord you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, accept one another just as Christ also accepted us to the glory of God. Okay. First principle, I already have it up on the board and I want to run through these quickly, but nonetheless, touch on them, looking at them, pausing on them, spending a moment on them. Now we who are strong ought to bear the weaknesses of those without strength and not just please ourselves. We who are strong ought to bear the weaknesses of those without strength and not just please ourselves. So look, look up here at the board or look at your Bible. Look at what it says. Pause on it. Meditate on it. Consider it and apply it and bring it into your life and into your heart. Bring it here into your mind, but make sure the heart comes in and brings it out in your hands and your feet and your mouth amongst a body of believers. Specifically, the only people who are probably going to watch this will be uh, some people in my own family and you here at Community Bible Church. We who are strong ought to bear. Okay. The idea here is that we need to bear the other person. We need to be about bearing the other person's burdens. There's a passage in Galatians that talks about that. We have to bear each other's weaknesses. So that idea to bear, to bear one another, is not like it's a, like it's a hard, difficult burden. Like, I don't want to bear this. But our attitude ought to be that we desire to bear the burdens of others. We desire to bear the burden for the purpose of, like the end of this verse says, is to please others. So we want to be pleasing to others, as, as the passage also earlier said in Romans 14. We ought to, to have an attitude where our other brother accepts us and how we live before God because of how we're living before them. We want to keep these things close at hand. We who are strong ought to bear the weaknesses of those without strength and not just please ourselves. So that idea, that last part, not just please ourselves. What is Paul asking us to do? He's asking us to please others. He's asking us to please others. And we can do that by bearing the weaknesses that others might have in matters of opinion that we might not agree with. So you have one Christian who lives slightly different than us. Are we going to be overly judgmental on an area that's not strictly a moral, strict command that's very clear in Scripture? Are we going to make it a big, big deal? Is it going to be a, a hill that we have to die on? Or is it going to be an area where we can be like, hey, you know, my opinion is a little different in our own mind. I'm willing to learn and study on that area slowly. I'm willing to look into the truth of God's Word and develop my understanding on that area and still while there might be some smaller principles on that area that are in scripture that lead us to our convictions it might not be a strict command that's demanding upon all who have a slightly different application of that in a small area and you know we're not talking about thou shalt not kill you know thou shalt not murder very strict moral commands. You shall have no other gods before me. Very, 
very absolute commands there. We're talking about other areas with how somebody goes about supporting the Great Commission. You know, going and making disciples and teaching. For one person it looks kind of like this, and for another person it looks a little more like this. You know, both of them are striving to, to go and to teach and to baptize or support those who do, but it might look slightly different, or they might use slightly different models of how they do that. Both might have scriptural principles in which they follow, or they put more presuppositional weight upon how they get to doing that command. But other people will do it to a lesser degree and others to a more degree. We aren't to be overly judgmental and opinionated too strongly where we break fellowship over such things where we could maybe possibly be following this principle to pursue unity and faith so that we can both give thanks to God and glorify God together through the Lord Jesus Christ. So that first point, it's easy to care for oneself and it's a difficult task to please others. Yet it is a godly task that Paul calls us to. Second point. Each of us is to please his neighbor. Verse 2 says, Each of us is to please his neighbor for his good to his edification. Each of us is to please his neighbor for his good to his edification. So notice this. Not just the strong, like in verse 1. Now the point is that each of us, the strong and the weak is what Paul has in mind. Both groups. Each. Each individual Christian, strong or weak. And so you that are, are weak in an area or have a different opinion and maybe really strong theologians would be like, we think their, their opinions are weak in that area. All Christians, each of us, strong and weak in an area, is to pursue to please his neighbor. So the strong don't get away with this. Notice the phrase, each of us. Very important, very key. The strong and the weak ought to be maturing and pursuing the good and the edification of his neighbor, their fellow believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. For the weak to not mature, is the idea behind this, and to not to strive to please his neighbor, or even a fellow weak Christian or immature in a certain area, would be sin. It would be sin to disregard this principle if you are weak, and to not also strive to please the strong. Maybe you're like, you know, I have strong opinions in this this matter of wine or vaccinations or how children are to be educated or, or, or my view of how missions is to be accomplished is absolute. Maybe you too could take this, you too are commanded to take this principle upon yourself and consider maybe my opinion on how this gets worked out is I should not cling to it as tightly as I do. And maybe I should be sensitive and careful to be pleasing to my neighbor and to not be offensive as I hold to my convictions and my opinions on how something in a Christian's life should be worked out. Maybe I could grow. Maybe I could be more slow to speak. Maybe I should guard and watch what I do with my tongue and, and with my facial expressions and my attitudes. 
maybe I could pray for wisdom and accept my other brother in Christ or sister in Christ in a better way. I want you to consider those things, weak and strong, to pursue pleasing, pleasing your neighbor for their good, for their edification. Is their good and their edification your chief goal? And are you willing to go about it patiently and lovingly and charitably and kindly? Or is it going to be, they're in sin, they're totally wrong, and I'm going to show them who's right. What's your attitude? Is your desire their good and their edification? And is it going to be done pastorally with love, care, and gentleness? Correcting those who are in opposition with gentleness and kindness and, and, and carefully willing to listen and to have multiple conversations you know, multiple months of conversations, things happen slower than we like sometimes. And convincing people of our opinions takes time. And sometimes they're just going to have different opinions on how a certain thing gets done in the church or uh, in, in the Christian's walk in life in an area where it's not strictly absolutely clear in Scripture. Well, we might have some supporting little tidbits from Scripture. There's maybe... Some other areas that we, with this opinion, with these scriptures, supports for an area of application, put more weight upon than a few other scriptures that others do. And so we're coming at it from slightly different angles, trying to arrive at that same goal of obeying God and trying to give thanks to God and glorify God. We should both see that both groups are trying to get to that middle area of glorifying God and giving thanks to Him in an area as best they can. And so we should be charitable to each other in our opinions, and as we strive to arrive at glorifying God and obeying him together. So that's principle number two. Strong or weak, each of us is to pursue pleasing his neighbor. It's for everybody. So everybody needs to put on these applications. Third point, okay? The reproaches, verse three, for even Christ did not please himself. And so... Paul goes to Jesus Christ as the perfect model and example of this. Look at Christ's life. He did do this. And he quotes from Psalm 69 here. <clears throat> but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. And the verse right before this, it talks about how Jesus takes this verse of David and he says, my zeal for your house will consume me. And so Jesus expressed that uh, at the temple grounds when he saw uh, religious leaders kind of treating the people badly and misrepresenting God. Jesus took that pain upon himself. Jesus took a jealousy for God and a love for others upon himself. The wrongdoing uh, that the, the religious leaders were doing against God and against their fellow man and how they were, you know, being an intermediary uh, presence between God and man, you know, like the priests and the Pharisees, which were teachers and part of the Sanhedrin, the ruling council. Jesus took that offense upon himself, the offense that these people were causing against God and how they were treating others. This was a, a burden that Jesus bore himself. And so what other people were doing to God and to others, Jesus took that upon himself. And he, he cared about that. He cared about God's what was happening to God and how God was being treated by these religious leaders and by people. And he also cared, um, that's especially the case, 
But in that context of when Jesus quotes this verse in the Gospels, he's also very worried for how the religious leaders were treating the sheep. And he was very concerned for them and how they were being treated. And so I really want you to pay attention to that second part in application too. We need to be careful that we don't fall into a place of Pharisaism or religious leaderism where we are being too dogmatic and too burdensome on people in small matters or making every little nuanced detail an extreme matter to where we are being a burden on people, the people of God that God loves and that God wants to come, have come and worship him, that we aren't becoming a burden to them trying to worship God. We're not being offensive to them. So both of those things, keep in mind, don't be offensive to God and be careful how you treat others because God cares about people coming to him in unity and worshiping him together in the temple, which is now uh, essentially our bodies in the church and everywhere. But God wants us to be united in the church to worship him together. So the reproaches of those who reproached you fell upon me. Jesus took that upon himself, that attitude that cared about God and cared about others being mistreated. So should we have that attitude that David felt when he wrote Psalm 69. We should have a jealous love for others. As Jesus had a jealous love for God and for the, uh, the sheep of Israel that needed a shepherd, we should have a jealous love for God and a, a pastoral, loving, embracing, bringing people up to God. We should desire to bring people to worship God. And are we, in our opinions, getting in the way of that too strongly? It better not be. And if it is, we ought to look inward and to strive to correct that in ourselves before it gets out of control, before before we become cause too much of stumbling in some other brother or Christian's life, okay? We ought to have a jealous love for others as Jesus did and to care about them getting to a place of worshiping God in a, in a great way. Build your brother up for his good and his edification. Care about that. Don't have an attitude of, it's all about me and what I think is right all the time. Do you ultimately care about this person getting to the right place? And if you do... Are you going about it rightly, sensitively, gently, lovingly, caringly, patiently, with some long-suffering, and even willing to accept that our opinions might be a little bit different, and that's okay. It's not a major issue. I'm not making a minor or a major, major hill to die on over a minor issue that would cause separation. Uh, this actually is something that, uh, you know, I've done myself recently uh, during this COVID-19 pandemic at a recent elders meeting. I strive to express myself and it didn't come out the right way fully. I didn't perfectly articulate my words. And, you know, uh, I'm going to actually ask the, the men for forgiveness on this issue because I also didn't, wasn't able to truly nuance how I felt and how these matters related together and to describe them in detail and to go into my heart of the matter. It could have offended some guys, what I said and how I said it. And I need to seek forgiveness over that issue and to be better going into it in the future about how I express my opinions on certain topics and express how it's okay, I believe, to differ on these certain these areas. Yet at the same time, 
uh, communicate my beliefs in love, but be really careful how I do so and be slower to speak and quicker to listen and super, super slow and thoughtful about how I discuss things and seek counsel and guidance before I do so, before I need to speak to a brother or sister on a matter that could cause offense or stumbling in them, or they would have a difference and feel offended by what I say. So I, I believe these things should be considered by the Christian and be pursued uh, with that loving attitude that cares about building others up and not just about myself. Number one, God should be number one and, and others' um, feelings. We should care about pleasing them too and be sensitive to their views on things and how they see life and the Christian walk. To a degree, we have to go to scripture too. <clears throat> now, uh, fourth point, uh, let's look at verse five. Now may the God who gives you perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with one another according to uh, Christ Jesus. May God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with one another according to Christ Jesus. That is so good. That's so good. My, my major point in this is for us to develop an attitude of prayer with this verse in mind. With this verse in mind. If he's saying, now may God grant to us, the church, unity of mind in the truth of Jesus Christ, what Paul is doing is actually praying in that scripture. He's praying and desiring that that will happen. And so we, noticing that scripture and what Paul is actually saying and doing there, we zoom in. We ought to develop a prayer-like attitude and mentality that prays for the same things as the Apostle Paul does and is in this area. If he is asking God to give perseverance and encouragement, that it would be granted to us, we ought to pray that perseverance and encouragement be granted to us as well, and that we be given the same mind of unity that's with one another that's according to Jesus Christ or according to the truth as I believe I interpret that passage. So it's not just unity of mind in, in general, it's unity of mind that's in accord with Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ is the truth. And as Jesus said, Father, your word is truth. So we go to the truth. What are we to have one mind and one accord with? It's in the person of God. It's in the attributes of God and it's in the revealed word of God to us. So there is unity of mind in the scriptures. And these scriptures that we're reading in Romans 14 and 15 have principles for us. Paul is speaking truth to us on behalf of God to give us guiding principles on how we ought to be united in essentials and how we are to be united over non-essentials matters of opinion as is stated in verse 14.1. So, James says this, we must ask God to give us wisdom. And that's, that's what I want us to see. This principle, ask God for wisdom. And that's in James 1.5. James 1.5. James says, 
If we're lacking, ask God for wisdom. We all need wisdom and we need to study and we need to pray and we need to be in according with the truth. And according to this section of the truth in Romans 15, we ought to care about pleasing others and being really careful about matters of opinion and how we arrive at our opinions and how we review and look at other people's opinions on certain matters and how we ought to be pursuing and seeing that we're both striving to glorify God and being charitable in that being charitable toward one another who are both trying to get to that center of glorifying God and giving thanks to Him. We ought to be charitable to one another. We ought to be charitable and kind. So we need to develop attitudes that are going to pray for perseverance, pray for wisdom, pray for God to help us develop good, healthy study habits and good materials and to have a discipleship process with good godly leaders, our pastors that have been theologically trained, especially if we need help in a matter. You have good godly elders that have been serving God for many years, teaching the Bible, reading the Bible, praying for people in the church. You need to go to them. You need to seek wise counsel with many people before we speak on a matter and study the scriptures and look for things. And then as you interpret passages of scripture, seek counsel. Seek counsel like, hey, Am I reading this rightly? Is that the right, is that expositionally what it means? Am I drawing out the meaning of this text rightly? And am I applying it rightly? And then how can I strongly present my case, but also gently and in a spirit of love, speaking the truth in love? So consider these things, Christians. Consider these things. Fourth point, pray to God for wisdom. Fifth point, verse six. So that with one accord, you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that. With one accord. Why did Paul give us all these things? Why did Paul give us these principles in, in Romans 15, 1 through 5? And verse 6, it says it's so that we can have one accord, unity of mind. So if we review all of our principles, we ought to bear each other's burdens or weaknesses. Each of us is to strive to please his neighbor. And we're supposed to pray to God for wisdom and understanding and perseverance and encouragement. And we're supposed to be praying for others. And we're supposed to take upon us the attitude of Jesus Christ. And to have a jealous attitude for our fellow Christians that cares for them. A jealous care and love for them. And a jealous care and love for God. And to be caring for them and shepherding of them. And to have a pastoral mindset that wants to bring them in good fellowship and worship with God. And that we don't want to be a detriment to that in any way. Christ Jesus had a jealous attitude toward God and for others coming to worship God. He cared for the church. He shepherded the church. He brought the church to God. We ought to have a jealous care to bring people to God too and to see God high and lifted up. We ought to have that attitude of Jesus Christ. Why does Paul tell us these things? It's so that in verse 6. So that with one accord we may glorify God with one voice. With one accord with one voice, 
we are to glorify God. That's what it's for. That's what these ideas are for. What's the ultimate purpose? What's that ultimate purpose that Paul is getting after? He wants unity. He wants the unity. Look at what it says. One accord. We are striking together on one accord. We are both coming together from different angles and different opinions, but we are striving to get to that one accord of worshiping God in unity so that we are having one voice, one mind as we are to pray for, with one wisdom set on the truth, the truth of Jesus Christ, to worship God together. Unity of the brotherhood. Brothers and sisters dwelling together in peace, pursuing God with charitable love and forgiveness toward one another, just as Christ Jesus forgave us and brought us to God. We should forgive one another of little offenses or little areas where we differ on minor areas and to see that we ought to be striving to bring each other to God in peace, to have one voice together. Unity of worship in our services and in our lives. That's what so that, that's what Paul wants to see happen. Our one voice, our one accord, our one mind in the truth. Principles of striving to please our neighbor more than ourself in the truth. And to see a pastoral care for others, a jealous love and care for others that wants to bring God to worship. Not where our own personal opinions are getting in the way of their worship of God. So be careful. Be loving, be sensitive. And the last point, therefore accept one another just as Christ also accepted us. I already kind of said this stuff. But therefore, final exhortation Paul gives us, accept one another. Accept one another. Because Christ accepted you. Were you a sinner? Were you a wretch? Were you ugly? Have you been ungodly? But God forgave you. Do you still want God to forgive you? Yes, we all do. Be, be charitable to others. As Jesus prayed and he taught the disciples to pray. Our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who've trespassed against us. That ought to be our prayer, and that ought to be what we model actually in our lives. Are we forgiving others of their sins against us? And are we praying for God to help us do so, and then actually doing it? Knowing that God forgave us. Jesus accepted us as sinners, and he sought to pastorally bring us into fellowship and reconciliation and peace with the Father and to experience all these blessings and benefits and goodness, is it your desire to see the good and edification of your neighbor or to just correct him on every little thing and to tear him apart? We, could, we might offend somebody, but I pray that it's not willfully and not neglectfully of these truths. Offenses are going to happen in the church, but I pray that we're not intentional about bringing offense or intentional about harming our brothers or sisters in Christ. And if that's our attitude, I think we will be much more careful to avoid that from happening. Take on Jesus Christ and remember this, Jesus Christ died for your sins. How are you living to help others come into fellowship and worship with God?
love others just as Christ Jesus loved you. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for these truths. Thank you for teaching me this afresh in my life, even recently, uh, this last week, even just yesterday. Lord, help me to uh, seek forgiveness over these matters with those I might have offended with my mouth and to convey these truths to them and how I'm going to work on this very passage in my own life. Lord, I pray that you will Hi, help. Hi, Hi, buddy. I love you. Oh, my kids are down here. Sorry. I'm praying to the Lord. Okay? You want to say hi? Hi. You want to thank God for this good day? Thank you for the day, and thank you for our food, and help us to obey your command. Help us to obey your commands and laws, right? Yeah. It's something I'm teaching my kids. Help us to obey your commands and laws, Lord. Lord, help us all to come together in unity and peace and to pursue peace and to please others as best we can in accord with your truth. To be wise, to be sensible, to be patient and long-suffering, to consider how we can slow, be slow to speak, slow to anger, and quick to hear and quick to forgive. Amen. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.